0: Welcome to the International Career Couples podcast. This is your host, Kate Galloway. I work with expat couples who want to align and grow both their careers. In this podcast, we aim to explore how expat couples can work as a team to understand and balance their personal and professional goals while living on the move. I am so pleased to share this conversation with Edita, who's a psychologist and psychotherapist with 15 years of clinical experience. She works with individuals and couples and groups through the process of psychotherapy. And today we're here to talk about careers and couples within the career. We spend more time talking about how Edita works with individuals and couples and her experience with expat couples, her experience of her own expat life and we really get into the nitty-gritty of things that people can do to make the conversations work and flow better within our expatriate lives. She shares with us the foundation. How do we take individual responsibility? How do we ensure that our voice is being heard? How do we make space for our partner? She shares her unique take on the basketball court and how this can be used within conversations to help us understand our own needs and the needs of others. We touch on so many different topics here and Adita has lots and lots of tips and ideas on how couples can prevent, share where they're at to ultimately make the expat experience um, more meaningful, more enjoyable. I really hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello, Adita, and welcome to the podcast. It's lovely to see you this morning.
1: Hi, Kate. It's lovely to see you too, and it's very nice to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about our conversation this morning. What we always do at the top of the show is just to ask you if you could introduce yourself, where you are, and what it is that you do.
1: Sure. My name is Edita Petojevic, and I work as a psychotherapist. I have my own practice, private practice, and I see people all over. Um, I work quite globally as I work. Uh, very often I work online uh, and I work in person. Um, I see individuals, I see couples, and I see groups. Um, very often uh, people come to me individually for, I mean, it can be anything really. It can be emotional uh, issues they're battling uh, historically or currently, Um It can be, you know, that they're struggling with their partner and sometimes it starts with uh, an individual coming uh, on on their own. And we end up having couples therapy uh, after a while Mm -hmm. because we invite the partner or we invite a family member. So, you know, I work with the whole, the whole, the person as a whole, but also the system as a whole, uh, depending on where the
0: issue is. Mm -hmm.
1: So, yeah, that's very, very general but today we're going to talk about
0: couples. Today we're going to talk about couples. And I know what you said when we've had a pre-conversation that really how people come to you can really vary, um, but that you see a lot of expat couples. And I suppose that's what brings us together this morning. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about your own expat experience? Because I know that you bring your own experience of moves into yeah. into life as well. Yes.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's a very, very big part of, of who I am today. I, I mean, I, I was um, eight when I came to Sweden, so I, I, I grew up in Sweden. And by the um, by, the time I was sixteen, I started to play professional basketball, and that's where my traveling really started. So uh, you know, I, I played college basketball, and I studied psychology in, in in the U.S. in Florida, and then from there on, I moved. Uh, to Cyprus, and I stayed, I lived there for three years. And after Cyprus, uh, I moved to the UK, um, and I lived there for three years. Uh, so just you know, along these um, chapters of of becoming a psychologist and psychotherapist, I, I was also playing basketball, and um, yeah. So from there on, um, I moved back to Sweden. I lived in Sweden um, for about ten years, uh, and after those 10 years, we, we made the, the really big move of uh, moving to, to Istria, Croatia, one and a half years ago. And I think that's, you know, that's the biggest move because I, I made that transition with my husband and, and my, my children. And so it's it's interesting to, to also see how that affected our relationship
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and, and to also kind of uh, bring that in also into my professional work with clients who are
0: going through that transition, transitioning journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I hadn't realized that you'd done so much moving around or playing basketball in that, in that way. Yeah. Obviously this is a a career podcast. It's an international career couples podcast, but when we've spoken previously, we were speaking about the importance of a foundation of a relationship Mm -hmm. and It's quite clear to me from all of the discussions that I've had with people that where it seems work has been done on that, what follows afterwards and everything, including career, is better. So we felt it would be really useful to get together and speak about that. And I know that's an area that you're passionate about as well and do a lot of work in. I was wondering if you could talk to us about the foundations of a relationship
1: Yes, I can. And yes, you're right. I'm very passionate about that. Because, you know, no matter what angle we start from, we always end up with a foundation. And, you know, with the fo- what is the foundation? The foundation is we all have a need to, to feel seen, to, to be heard, to feel understood. And even if, you know, individuals come to me with work related issues or they've moved countries they're struggling with their partners we come back to this foundation i don't feel i'm being seen i don't feel i'm being heard so that's something that's what i call the foundation so even with couples you know who come to me um, and they want to just focus on the relationship we end up going back to that foundation you know are you taking that individual responsibility are you making your voice heard Uh, are you making space for your partner to be seen to be heard so that's that's what I refer to as the foundation
0: Mm -hmm. you drew me a really nice picture when we met before about the the basketball court and I found that a really useful visual
1: so the basketball court is something that I draw and, and show the couples that I work with you know it's a court that represents a relationship. So if you think of, of of this whole court is the relationship. So let's say we are in a relationship, Kate and Editha. Okay. Alex. <laughs> this is your side of the court. And this is my side of the court. And the X is our needs. So... Uh, basically what you know what i talk about the foundation is that we need to take ownership of our individual needs and what does that mean that means that we need to identify them we need to recognize what do i need from my partner what do i need him or her to see uh, to understand and that those are the x's so you know, when we do that we go towards the middle and this is the middle ground here and this is where we meet. So when we take that ownership, we, when we own and take responsibility of our own needs and we and when we voice them, we then allow our partner to see, hear and understand us. And also, you know, just equally important that we make time and space to hear and see them. Um, and when we do that, That's where, you know, I call it the golden middle, middle ground, where we have um, an opportunity to connect, Mm. right? What often happens, what often happens is we assume things. So, you know, Kate doesn't listen to me. She, she never listens to me. She doesn't take time. She doesn't care. She doesn't care about what I feel. So then I'm leaving the relationship with those assumptions, And with that avoidance, when I don't speak up and I don't tell you what I'm thinking or feeling, so then I'm leaving the relationship and you might make your own assumptions. So you might just stay stuck. I don't know what's going on for Edita. I don't know where she's at. So instead of voicing that, you're kind of staying stuck and ruminating.
0: I love, I love the visual. I'm not sure... If people will have listened, but the previous episode to this actually is my husband and I were doing three episodes talking about our transitions. And it was really interesting to me. I hope it's okay to share this um, personal side of things, but we're talking about the first transition. And my husband said that he looks back on it now in terms of my career. And his words were, um, he said, I find it quite hard to look back on that now because Mm -hmm. he felt like he wasn't listening at that time. But from Mm. my point of view, I don't think I knew what my career needs were. So even if we'd had the cut, so I wasn't trying to verbalize to him, Mm -hmm. this is what I need. So there was nothing for him to listen to, if you see what I mean. So it was, I I find that quite an interesting one. So probably on my court, there was a need there that was blurred because I was probably Mm -hmm. trying to be something a bit different Mm
1: -hmm. rather
0: than owning it and saying, actually, my career is important to me.
1: Right, right.
0: And but he was clear on what he wanted. So we made choices based on that, but I just thought it was really interesting that as he looked, I suppose he looked back on the basketball court. He said, "Oh, I missed. I missed asking you that. We didn't talk about it."
1: Right. Right. And, like, you know, that's yeah, that's such an important point you're making because that is also a need, right? So you don't always have to have recognized, and that's a lot of you know a lot of people can feel pressured. Oh, I don't know what I feel. That in itself. You can own that. So you can, so I'm going, you know, going back to, to what you and your husband talked about. I know an example of that could have been, I I feel a little stuck where I feel a little lost. I'm not sure what I want to do. So that could be the starting point. And mm-hmm. then him meeting you in the middle could be, okay, let's talk about it. How can I help? What do you need from me? Then you're right there. You're in the yeah. middle.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and what was really—I don't want to turn this into our ther- therapy session—but he in the podcast said, "How do you feel about it now, Kate?" And that was actually it made me in that moment feel very heard that he was interested yes. to hear. Actually, when I look back on it, what were my thoughts about it? It's probably important because he was carrying some kind—I don't know if it, what the emotion was—guilt or regret or whatever it was. But I was able to say, "That's not on you." Yes. That's I, mean. I take responsibility for that I didn't yes. speak up so it's actually quite a cathartic yeah, thing to have yeah. done
1: yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It, it, as you're speaking I just hear that like see each other hear each other try to understand yes. and the basketball court being so yeah. useful um did you tell me before that the basketball court came because you used to play basketball is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's
1: yeah, yeah it's so, it's actually so funny because I mean, having studied for ten years and worked for fifteen years, you know, this was not part of my training, but it was part of my, you know, as I call it, previous chapter of being a basketball uh player. I used to play professionally, so as I was listening to clients, you know, they were like battling in between the offense defense. You don't hear me, and there was a lot of. You know, gaming going on and ego throwing things over to the other's court. So, I just envisioned this court and I started drawing it, and and this vision really you know stayed with my clients and then they would refer to it. So then I thought, you know, it's not just staying with me; it's also making sense for them. So I need to use this, and that's how it started.
0: Yeah, I wonder how you would feel about me adding a little bit into onto the court just when I think about it from a career perspective or Mm -hmm. you know so imagine people have come to you and you're working with them and what I imagine it's not just two people on a court there's the coach there's the other there's the other teammates um who might signify um or represent family Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. the employer
0: friends that are going to be made friends that are left behind that kind of and I'm just wondering in the work that you do how much does that wider system come into play
1: Oh, a lot. So, so much. And, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, it's one of those factors that, that can take you away from, from the middle ground, you know, or can make you feel like you're stuck. So very much, I would say that that's what I refer to as the external locus, right. Okay. Often, you know, a boss, often a colleague at work or a move to a new country, cultural battles, um, I don't feel accepted here. I don't feel I belong. So, you know, it it doesn't necessarily have to do with the relationship, but it's taking you away from the relationship or it's making it harder for you to feel connected to yourself or to your partner or both. Um, So I would say yes, big deal.
0: Yeah, a lot. Okay. I'm really interested in the idea of being taken away from yourself and being taken away from the partnership. What, what holds people in that place mm. even when all the other stuff is going on, do you mm. think?
1: That's a good question. We're, we're back at the foundation. I mm. loved what you said about your husband, and that moved me, his curiosity.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: You know, it's the interest. It's the interest. You know, I see something's happening in you, Kate. Like I see something. So, so just re- kind of kind of seeing each other, just making that space time to just check in, having those check in moments, and 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 just noticing, making that space. Because I think going back to the expats, you know, when we move to a new country, um, when when we're faced with new struggles or changes, there's a lot of stress. Um, the busyness, the multitasking, makes it harder to feel. So if we have these check, check-ins, check I say, if we find time and, and space to slow down and actually just make room, and it, sometimes it can just be, I feel lost, or I feel um, suppressing, I'm not being recognized at work, just voicing that. Um,
0: yeah, uh, voicing it yeah. to each other.
1: Yes, voicing yeah. it to each other, um, giving that feeling room.
0: Would you, I'm imagining lots of different scenarios in the head so that some people might listen mm-hmm. um, to our conversation here and say, we just don't have that kind of, those kind of conversations, you know, that, that it's not within their couple at the moment. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how people come to therapy and uh, maybe we can dismiss some of the ideas of about what couples therapy is and how you what you're working towards together so how might people i suppose my question is mm-hmm. people are feeling that something's not quite right how mm-hmm. would they know that coming to therapy is a good thing for them i or, mm-hmm. you know, i would advocate everybody should but perhaps mm-hmm. you can just talk a little bit about that and the actual experience mm-hmm. of coming to start working with you
1: Mhm-hmm, yeah, that's a very good question I, I believe it often starts with that notion something's not right, something is missing um and the you know what I often hear is that I don't feel connected um I don't feel connected to my partner, so it can be that um you know there's an imbalance. Uh, I'm spending too much time at work. I'm spending more time outside of the home or outside of the relationship. And I'm, I'm wanting to spend that time outside of the re- relationship rather than with my partner. So there's a notion mm-hmm. of we are, we are distancing ourselves from one another and we don't know why. There's a mm-hmm. disconnection. Something is missing. So it often starts with... Um, a notion of of disconnection or a feeling of discomfort, a feeling of wanting to be somewhere else, and that's where I encourage people to seek uh, seek counseling to really identify where that comes from, what's causing that
0: mm. yeah, absolutely interesting the wording you use there that you could be disconnected, mm-hmm. you might be choosing to be away, so it's not just that you are at work for yes. longer hours there's something in you that's actually making that choice, whether you're cognizant of it or not.
1: Uh, Right. And, you know, it can be work, it can be friends, it can be um, a new part, new person you start seeing. And that's also another factor that I want to raise here often, you know, invite a third person into the relationship. And I often talk about this as well. That's often a symptom. That's not the cause Mm. um, of the problem that the cause is often something else.
0: Yeah. Okay. So people would come to you with any one, any number of um, symptoms, mm-hmm. as it were. And then what would a typical journey look like or a typical engagement? Is there such a thing?
1: Yeah, there, there is. There is. And I would say that the typical process is that we, you know, we always start in that first session of just You know, recognizing what's going on, we identify, um, we go through the whole, you know, a little bit of background and currently what's going on for for both of them individually and in the relationship. And then we identify the cause of of their issues. And we look at that and then we work with the foundation, you know, what needs are not being met. Uh, And that's where we start to recognize the symptoms of it you know this is why and they start to make links this is why I've stayed at work and this is why I've been drinking more you know more wine in the evenings than I normally have or this is why I've been seeing this other person instead of you whatever it could be so they start to make links and they you know they start to understand the understanding is very important Um, and that's usually where the empathy is really really brought to light they start to feel more for one another oh so it's there's something else going on and that's where we start to do the work okay let's look at how can you start meeting um yourselves and your partner Mm. how can you start owning your needs your feelings and how can you start voicing them with
0: each other yeah how um how how much proactive work do you see in terms of people coming before so maybe there's um i'm imagining an example of people before like imagine if we did this before we expat so perhaps the the, um the couple behaviors are already there but we know that that expat experience shines a light on things and that it just brings complications challenges you said there's a lot of stress when we make that move I'm wondering what your thoughts are and if people would do something before the move
1: yeah I I would say that's really key you know how much work you've done before you know prevention is 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 key so I often see this that the couples who move to a new country or or experience a lot of changes um if they don't have that foundation set uh, then they it 's easier for them to disconnect um uh, mm-hmm. than it is for a couple who has worked with the foundation that they have established that grounding in the relationship like what do we need to really find that connection so i would I would say that that 's really key and that 's something you can go back to like let 's go back to basics. you remember this is what tends to happen, you kind of go through that reminder and you then you work with the the coping of that,
0: yeah. Yeah. I almost feel like, you know, if we think about packages that companies offer, like Mm. expats, think things like there might be coaching. We know that the logistics are taken care of in terms of moving people, probably school support, although less less now packages are shrinking and people are moving in different ways. But the the emotional part, we know, I hope it's okay for me to refer to it as that, but this part that we're discussing today. Yes. Is isn't sort of within the um I don't know the company responsibility at the moment. It's I suppose it's with the couple if the couple know. Yes. That they that, that it would be useful to do it. That's why I'm so glad that we're having this conversation today to yes. really say like actually it's this is a strength to be able to go mm. and have these kind of conversations. It will make you stronger, it will make your experience as expats mm. Mm. more enriched because you were together on the court.
1: Exactly, and I, I think it's very—it's more than okay that you use the emotional part because I think that that is often the part that gets dismissed, um, suppressed uh, mm. in, in in corporate businesses, in 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 any kind of systems, school systems, work systems, and I and then also relationships. So I, I definitely think that is the grounding for us all. So even if if we think of you know any corporate um, business that you know they often if they really work on the relationship uh, and, and make this time to listen and to hear and, and, and be curious of one another, I can hear it. In, even in the sessions, they will tell me that, you know, my leader or my boss really makes time, you know, talks to me. So again, we're back at the basketball court, so it doesn't have to be romantic relationships. Um, and then that in itself makes, you know, the romantic relationship, easier or any relationship outside of work easier. So I, you know, I talk, I tend to talk about this holistic that we're all connected Mm -hmm. and and when there's a disconnection at work, you know, we cannot, but not bring it home. You know, we carry it with us. We carry that into the relationship.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I often find, so I work as an executive coach and people mm -hmm. will often say, Oh, you know, that's something that's happened outside of work. Um, and I'll say it's okay you know bring it in if you want to what is it you know because we are whole people yeah so yeah you can't you can't ignore it and and perhaps that's a bit of a problem if we're trying to segregate the two things too much then that can be a problem in itself
1: definitely and even if you you know even if you shift focus and you don't talk about it but it's you know you are still carrying that energy you know Mm. in that tends to collect into frustration anger and
0: eventually it will come out yeah absolutely we've got maybe about five minutes left or so and i was wondering i I think you've already shared a lot of tips about what people can do but i'm wondering what your sort of key piece of pieces Mm -hmm. of advice would be for expat couples
1: I, you know, something, a tendency that I see in couples, and I really want to emphasize it here, is that, you know, once they have, you know, connected with their foundation, they know how to deal with it. And then the next, let's say, um, struggle or barrier comes, hurdle comes along, then they can, they can think, oh, it's coming back up again, the crisis. So I tend to want to normalize. I want to say this to everyone. Life is painful there will be crises, there will be periods of difficulties. So I think it's what I really, really want to leave, you know, people with today is go back to basics. Whatever you go through, painful period of your life, a crisis, struggles, keep in mind that the basics, you know, go back to getting a good night of sleep. Um, Mm. Make sure you really rest to recover, slow down. Slow down. I cannot emphasize that enough because we are always connected to our phones, screens, work. Um, Slowing down means make time, you know, to be disconnected, to connect with your partner, uh, check in, you know. So just make that time um, and, you know, make that a priority. And that's the emotional part you were talking about. That's the foundation. Mm -hmm. You will lose that middle ground when you get carried away in the other bits that you've brought into the basketball court, right? Mm So back to basics. And so that's the the reminder that I want to kind of leave people with
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So important. I'm hearing more and more people talking about self-care in expatriation, that it goes so far down the list when you're um, making that move. And I suppose in the first three to six months of a job where you're you're going through culture shock and trying to um make you you feel that you have to make your mark or your company's invested a lot in you and all that kind of thing all the other things go Mm. we spoke about maslow's hierarchy of needs last time we um spoke and we were saying actually the expat hierarchy of needs is, is you know there but um we should draw it actually. I think yeah. we should put the basketball court and the hierarchy of needs in the show notes. Um, in our follow
1: up. In our follow up again? <laughs> in our follow
0: up. <laughs> yes, in our follow up. Um really, really interesting to see. Actually, it needs to be right up there
1: yeah and just just briefly I want to say we have uh, done a major transition we moved to to Istria Croatia one and a half years ago my husband and I with two kids and um, you know something that's really important and we have gone through this journey uh, myself and Mm. I know what it's like to be caught up in 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 trying to get the kids started starting a new business in a new country and I know what it could do to the relationship so I would say you know another you know piece of advice that I carry and I work on, uh, you know, personally and professionally with clients is uh, prevent, set that time before. So if yeah. you're planning a move, if you're planning a move and you know you're going to make go through a lot of changes, you know, put that in the calendar already, time for one another, time for check-ins, t- talks, walks. Um,
0: so you, yeah. you have that already. Yeah. So what I'm hearing coming through, normalize normalize it, go back to the basics, sleep, rest, make time for each other, schedule in the time, know that your time is going to be like you can predict, isn't it? When you're making that move, time will be scarce, but put yourselves and your couple as a priority so that you can prevent anything that might come.
1: Yes. Yes, and just going with that flow, riding that way, while allowing a lot of space for emotional cry. Allow yourselves to cry, to talk, to Mm -hmm. really, really go into that sharing. And if there is a struggle with seeing your partner cry or tolerating that feeling, that's going back to your individual part of the court, right? Then you need to work Mm -hmm. with that and, and take that into therapy. Why do I struggle? Why can I not... Hold my partner through this, right? And that's yeah. also having that openness um,
0: in mind yeah. and in heart. Yeah. How to play? Yes. How, yeah. How are you going to play? I okay, I feel. Um. You've got such a relaxing voice. It, I really, really enjoyed listening you listening to you speak about this. And I feel that we could go on. It, there's something that I wanted to share in the various bits of where I've been working with expats as a coach for. A number of years and from the expat couple side of things when I've been speaking to people without any exception the people that say before we left we spoke about it
1: yes
0: um, we had open conversation about what happens if x in our career and what happens if y in our career it was they were preventing yes and trying to foresee and of course you can't see everything But if you've had the conversation to talk about how we might react to things and, um, you know, so just from a career perspective, that's been helpful for people. But actually, Mm -hmm. if we look at it, you know, you're on the court and all the other things are impacting that so important
1: yes and also make room for changes i mean things can completely change when you come to new a new culture new country new ways and i think just make room to say you know i am not the same person i was and then elaborate and that's really room for growth uh if you can if you can share that
0: yeah absolutely um adita it's been so lovely to speak to you could you tell us a little bit about where we can anybody that's listening in that would like to work with you to find out more where should they go
1: um they can go to my website at totallywellness.com um they can also email me at dot mm-hmm. maybe we can we can write that somewhere yeah, so it's easier. yeah yeah
0: yeah I will include all of that in the show notes thank you so much for taking the time out to be with me today thank you so much Kate. thank you so there was a lot in there and I think what we can say is that prevention is key. Understanding the basketball court and where you're at and where your partner's at, taking time to be curious, to ch- create check in moments, to create space. Have sleep, rest, recovery, slow down, and make time to connect with each other are all absolutely key as we try to navigate our expat lives. If you've enjoyed the show, I would love it if you could leave a review. And if you'd like to find out more about my work with expats and as an executive coach, you can find out more at www.kategallerycoaching.com. Thanks for listening in.